Hello and welcome to the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking with Michelle Knight. Michelle is a branding and business mentor at Brand Mary. She loves supporting her clients at every stage of their business from launching, running, and scaling their brand and business with true authenticity. She specializes in vulnerable and authentic online marketing. In today's episode, she is teaching us how to do all of that. So how to share your story, to connect with your audience, and make marketing and sales nearly effortless. She is also giving us a ton of tips for being vulnerable on social media and how to get over our fear. Let's dive in. Today's episode is brought to you by the Empowered Boss Lab Academy, and the doors are closing soon. Doors are closing for the Empowered Boss Lab Academy this Sunday, November 4th. So if you are interested, go ahead and head on over to theempoweredbosslab.com to find out all the information. Welcome to the Burnout Proof Your Biz podcast, where we explore how you can give yourself permission to run your business and live your dream life on your own terms. You started your business to have more freedom. Let's help you find it. I'm your host, Chelsea B. Foster. Let's dive into today's topic. Okay, so today I'm here with Michelle from Brand Mary. Michelle, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, lady. I'm so excited to chat today. Yeah. So before we dive in, let's just tell my audience who you are, what you're about, what your business is, all the good juicy details about you. Mm, where do I start? <laughs> it's a long journey. I'll do the cliff notes version. Um, ultimately, I am an online entrepreneur. I'm a branding and business mentor for female entrepreneurs who are really looking for a way to show up authentically online. And I'm sure we'll talk more about how I do that and how we do it without burning out in the process. But you know, this hasn't always been my story. I've been doing this for about two years. But before that, I worked in the PR industry and the nonprofit world. And I did musical theater too. So I have like a very oh elaborate background. <laughs> and everything has kind of led me to where I am today. But it was just me kind of going for things and then realizing, okay, this doesn't light me up and, and doing that a lot throughout my, you know, twenties, early, you know, late teens. And there was kind of a moment for me where everything really shifted. And I, I talk about this a lot. It's actually the loss of my brother um, to childhood cancer. And as when we lose anyone, you know, we kind of have this moment where we really reflect and we're like, whoa, what's happening? And just to lose somebody that was so close to me, um, was really my best friend. I took a look at like what I was doing in my life and realized I really wasn't happy. And I really say that that was like the first moment where everything shifted for me. And I kind of started on this journey of just paying attention, you know, what do I actually want to do? And there were a lot of, you know, trial and errors. I went to school for PR, worked in a PR firm, realized I didn't like that, went into the nonprofit sector, did that a little bit, found a job I really loved. And then I had a baby and then everything changed. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. like a lot of changes. And after my son Cal was born, I realized, all right, I'm done with this. I want to start a business that is totally in alignment with who I am that allows me to do all the things I love to do, social media, branding, talking to people. And ultimately that's how brand Mary was born. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And I think that's such a story we can relate to that we all have to explore and figure out what exactly we really do like, because I don't know about you, but I had to pick a major early in my, like before I even had any idea what all the possibilities were and like, how do you even decide? Like I changed my major five times in college. Oh yeah. I've gone, I finally graduated like with the PR background, which was cool. Cause I was like, Oh, this will get me a job. But like I said before that, I was like musical theater. That's what I love to do. Yeah. And it was so much fun, but like, how did I know what I actually wanted to be when I grew up at 18? And nobody talked about being an entrepreneur or starting a business back then. Like, oh, no, that was possible. Uh -uh. Nope. I mean, the internet was still really young back then. And a lot of the reason that entrepreneurship has opened up is because the internet is available and we can now talk to anyone anytime, anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, yeah. Life has changed so much. I was talking to someone earlier today about like cell phones and like our little musical devices, iPods, iPads. Uh -huh. And like, I remember, what was it? The Zune or whatever that held eight songs. And you're, I was like, I couldn't even get a whole album on there. And she was like, yeah, I remember that. And I, that was just like, what, 15 years ago? 
I know. And my, my husband did this really cute thing when my son was born or he made him like a little time capsule and we have like an old iPod in there because yes. it's like ancient technology. <laughs> yeah. I still have my one from like when they first brought color screens mm. and my mom was like so excited because she knew I loved tech and she was like, I'm going to get her this. And then like it was outdated in a year and <laughs> I still have that giant brick sitting somewhere in a drawer. Someone's totally listening to this and like, how old are these people? <laughs> We're not yeah. that old though. They're <laughs> like, wait, what was that? What are they talking about? <laughs> It's funny. I promise I'm only in my 30s. Me too. I'm still very young. <laughs> Just a lot has changed. A whole lot has changed. So, well, oh I think gosh. a lot changes like with technology, but also in the entrepreneur space as well. Like we were talking about social media, it is changing every single day. Yeah. One of the really cool things about being an entrepreneur, but also one of the difficult things that you have to maneuver as well. Exactly, exactly. And trying to decide, okay, well, what shiny object am I going to pay attention to today? And do I jump on every bandwagon? Do I pay attention to all of the algorithm changes? Um, maybe we could talk about that for a little bit since you do work with social media. Um, how do you decide like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to this new trend or that algorithm change or how do we navigate that? Yeah. So I think one of the things that I really focus on with my clients and especially my own business is where are my people? Like, where are my clients? Like, it's really easy to get wrapped up and like, oh, this just rolled out. I should totally be there. But if your people aren't there, you're probably not going to make any money on that platform. So it's something that you can put on the back burner. So I think that's like the first thing, like, where are my people at? And then I think the second thing to look at, again, with the ideal client work is, okay, are my people going to be interested in that platform? Because I also think it's important to kind of be ahead of the curve a little bit. And so, you know, it might not be something that you're jumping into right now because it's not going to bring you money and, you know, we need money <laughs> to run a business, yeah. but like you could start researching it and kind of experimenting it and playing with it. And I think that's, what's really cool about it. So when it comes to like, where do I show up? I really base everything off of where are my clients? Otherwise you're just talking to no one and then you won't sell anything. And then I think the other piece of the puzzle is like really trying to not pay attention to all of the algorithms all the time. Yes. There's just a lot of information online and you know, some of it can be really misleading and at its core, I really truly believe that if you're focused on storytelling and you're focused on relationships, that you will beat the algorithm every single time. If people genuinely like what you're saying and are obsessed with your messaging, then they're going to find you. You don't have to worry about, you know, everything kind of working in your favor. Exactly. Exactly. That's why you should be engaging with your audience. Like talk to them, like actually go look at their feed and respond to their messages. Um, I don't, that's something that I think that by me focusing on that, that has been like a huge asset in my business is being able to like have those relationships and have like a ton of DMS every day from people that I have never met in person. And so naturally all my stories are going to show up on their feed right mm -hmm. at the beginning. My Images are going to show up on their feed right at the beginning. So I don't know. I'm huge about relationships. And I truly believe that in life or in business, relationships are the most important thing. Absolutely. I think sometimes we can get really wrapped up in like the cool new strategy, which I love strategy. Do not mm -hmm. get me wrong. Strategy can work really well for your business. But if you're constantly just like, oh, I'm going to try this and it's got to be Facebook ads that are going to solve my problem and you haven't started building relationships and trust with your audience, then none of that stuff is going to fix the problem. You know, exactly. like you still have to, people have to trust you. There's actually a quote from Zig Ziglar that I love that I built my entire business around. And it's, if someone likes you, they'll listen. And if they trust you, they'll do business with you. And so building relationships, talking to people, inviting them to, into your DMs, that's going to lead you to clients at the end of the day, every single time. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that so much. Um, okay. So let's dive in to talking about your story. Cause I feel like this is something that can honestly relieve a whole lot of stress in our business is when we finally figure out, okay, how do I talk about me and my part in this business and making the business really feel like me? So how do we go about getting started with our story and feeling like we can actually express that online? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So m- most of the clients that I work with create personal brands. And I think, honestly, even if you are selling a product on Etsy, you should be focused on your personal brand. Like yes, the big brands, this is what they are doing. They're making that personal connection. So at its core, you really have to have some way that you relate to your audience and that your audience can relate back to you. And so that's where story really plays such a significant role. And it allows you to really show up as you truly are, because I think we can all agree that like the super curated images on Instagram, although we still really love them and they're pretty and they'll probably always be there. It's the people who are really giving like meat, you know, to their story and their online presence. And so a couple of things that I really encourage my clients to do are take some time to think about what's led you to where you are now. If you have a business, which like all of your listeners do or want a business, you know, it's like, (laughs) why do you have that business? What contributed to you being where you are now? And are there significant transitions? Like maybe you picked up on it, but I shared two major transitions with you just in the beginning of this podcast, right? Like my staple pieces. And those are a core piece of my story that really relates to my audience. And when you hear those, you're like, whoa, this is Michelle, you know, like my audience just knows. So I think really thinking of, you know, your story, what's led you to where you are, and then thinking of your audience. We're going back to the ideal client. (laughs) So important. And saying, okay, what is my audience really going to pick up on? What is my audience really going to resonate? And can I kind of play that up in a way that my audience makes it super relatable to them? Because they'll respond, they'll engage, they'll become those fans that you ultimately want. So there's those two pieces that are so, so important. And then I think the final piece is you just being really confident and worthy in what you have to share. Because I think one of the things that isn't talked about a lot is how scary it is to put yourself out there on social media and be really vulnerable. And, you know, I think it's important to note that not every single story needs to be shared in that moment. I do believe in keeping things sacred, going through that and then sharing it. But if you know that it's going to build a deep relationship with your audience, then you owe it to them. You owe it to yourself to share that. And so really going through that work and knowing that you are worthy of sharing that and that it's ultimately going to allow you to grow your business is kind of like the third step. It's all that mindset stuff that everyone has to do. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So for someone that is working, they're like, okay, like I get number one and I get number two, but I am stuck on like that confidence and worthiness piece. What are some activities that we can do to work on those within ourselves? Mm, I love that. So, you know, I'm a big advocate for personal development and, you know, I go, I always share the story. My mom has been like following Hay House, like before it was cool. Like oh I gosh. like remember when I became an entrepreneur and I was like, mom, you should read this book. She was like, I read that in the eighties. <laughs> like, oh, whoa. Cool mom. Thanks. So I'm big into personal development. Thanks mom. And I just think that reading and exposing ourselves to other stories is really powerful because I think it gives us permission. So we're as humans, and this is another little ideal client trick for you. Your ideal client is also looking for permission, which is why you share your story. But you know, if you're looking for permission, whether you know it or not, reading people's stories like Rachel Hollis is a beautiful example. Rachel Hollis, girl, wash your face. Actually, I'm convinced that they should pay me to promote this book because I talk about it every (laughs) Um, I'm not an affiliate, but uh, she does such a beautiful way of sharing her story and you read it and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can relate to that. I can't believe she shared that. And it's like you, your walls are kind of taken down and you're like, oh, I can share that piece of my story. You know, like I know someone needs to hear that. So I think the first key is personal development, listening to podcasts like this, reading books, watching YouTube channels. And those are things that you can do, whether you work a nine to five, you have kids, like there's literally no excuse for why you can't put a little bit of personal development into your day to day. Exactly. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Like seriously, download an audiobook. I listen to audiobooks while I'm washing dishes, while I'm cooking, while I'm walking, while I'm in the shower. Like all of those activities, they have to happen throughout the day anyway. So why not like do something productive with them? Totally. And I always share the story of I grew my entire business while I was working a nine to five with a brand new baby. And I would spend those two hours in the car just listening to audiobooks and podcasts. And that's really how I 
like got into this mindset to go all in on my business. Oh, I love that so much. And that is definitely something that I know my listeners can relate to. Um, especially the whole still working, growing your business and having family responsibilities. Like that's a lot. And you honestly, you have to take advantage of those little moments throughout the day, whether it's that you want to work on your self care, you want to work on your personal development, whatever it is, you need to take advantage of them because you do have time to do it all. You just have to make the choice to do it. Yes, girl. Like you are speaking my language. This is something I'm like a big advocate for. Stay tuned for maybe a book from me in the future yes. on time. But that like, would be amazing. <laughs> but like, it's so true. I mean, you have the same amount of time as Oprah did when she started her career. She made it work. Like you need to figure it out. <laughs> and I think it is. It's about being really aware of where your time is going and making those decisions. And sometimes that means saying no to things and just maximizing the time that you have. If it is 10 minutes in the car, listening to a podcast that could potentially change the course of your business, it's huge for you. Um, you know, reading books before bed, taking, you know, like you said, I watch live videos, like replays while I do dishes or make dinner all the time. So yeah. I'm just constantly like learning and just maximizing my time. Exactly, exactly. And I do want to remind you guys too that it doesn't always have to be business related. Mm -mm. So I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but sometimes I get overwhelmed with all the business ideas and I need to take a step back. And in fact, I don't listen to business audiobooks. I have to read them in like hardback or paperback because I can't, like that's too much audio for me to listen to. Um, so my audio is strictly fiction, but you still have time to do that in your day and you just have to figure out what works for you. And I know that that is what works for me. Totally. And I agree. I actually don't read business books either. Like Rachel Hollis, Brené Brown, they have a permanent place on my bookshelf. And <laughs> I think they can help you as a business owner, but ultimately it's about like personal development. It's about me being my exactly. best self, which allows me to fully show up not only in business, but like as a mom and a wife and all those other important roles. Yep. Oh, I love it so much. So what other activities can we do to work on, especially the, after we work on the personal development part? Um, with figuring out our worthiness and feeling very confident in who we are and our story and mm -hmm. how we got here. Yeah. So some of you are going to be like, kind of maybe either expecting me to say this or like, dang you, Michelle, but like, you just have to do it. Like, I am so sorry. I know you, I know you're listening and you're like, but I wanted something else. <laughs> it's like, I have nothing else for you. <laughs> I just want you to start. And that might not mean that you post this super vulnerable picture on Instagram, but maybe you tell like a small community of your Facebook group. Maybe your Facebook group is like 20 people right now because you're just starting out. Just start telling them, you know, or you send an email to a couple people or you tell your friend, like just start sharing these people pieces of your story um, and, and get a feel for that. Because I think what you're going to find is that it feels so empowering and you put it out there and you're like, one, you pat yourself on the back because you did it. And you had, you had like made up all these scenarios in your head of like how bad it was going to be, but then you did it. And then you realized, oh, wow, people really responded to that in a way that I know is of service. And I think that at its core is what we have to focus on. Who needs to hear your message and then show up for those people? I think when we are like kind of in our head, we're only thinking of ourselves. Like, how is this going to reflect me? You know, what are people going to think of me? And it's more of like, how is this story going to help other people? And I just think that's where, especially with social media, we need to constantly be focusing. So I'd say number one, personal development. Number two, just freaking do it, <laughs> you know, rip the bandaid off as I always say. And, and I think like, again, and then three is just really focusing on what's the bigger impact that you want to make. Exactly. And I think that flipping the script in your head on, well, what is this going to say about me? What are people going to think about me to, well, how is this going to help them? Whether we're talking about our story or we're talking about pricing, like flipping Ooh. that script has such a big impact. Like, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you when I finally figured out how to flip the script in my own head, I one doubled my prices overnight, just decided I was going to do it. Yep. And I started getting on Insta stories and doing videos and doing Insta lives and sharing workshops every single week. Like that is when I truly felt like I stepped into myself and I found my confidence. 
Totally. And I think when you were saying that, I thought of something else because you mentioned Insta stories and live video. And I find my clients, this is the part that they're always like, I don't want to do a live video. And (laughs) I personally love live video, probably from all my years in theater, but that doesn't mean that I didn't get scared in the beginning. Like I was that entrepreneur who had like the note cards, like on Periscope, talk about like the good old days. (laughs) I miss Periscope so much. Periscope, like creepy dudes just commenting on your video. And so- (laughs) I think like a big thing with that is, you know, obviously ripping off the bandaid, thinking of the big picture, but also just like being really clear of what your intention is. Like you have got to put yourself out there. And so what is your intention behind what you're doing behind the video? You know, what do you want people to really walk away with? Same with your story. I just think that that's a really important piece of the puzzle that sometimes we miss out on. Yes, definitely. And I know um, a lot of my clients, it helps for them to actually say that intention out loud before they start recording the video, because it helps them remember, well, why am I recording this video? I'm not getting on here because people necessarily want to see my face or like that I want to show my face. Mm -hmm. It's because they need to hear this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that is the whole point. So like making sure that you're staying focused on the right things and we're getting out of the self-centered ideas that are in our head. Because honestly, like, especially as entrepreneurs, we could spend the whole day thinking about ourselves. <laughs> well, I think we could also spend the whole day thinking of the worst case scenario. Exactly. Like, exactly. We have to get out of our heads because we're in our head, it is like doom. <laughs> yes. I don't know about anyone else, but especially when I started my business, I would be like, well, what if they take our house away? What if we can't pay our bills? And my husband's like, okay, you're being ridiculous. Like, <laughs> worst case scenario, you go get a bartending job somewhere, you know, like exactly no, fine. But like, once we finally get out of our head, we're like, okay, I realized I'm being a little nuts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh man. That is so true. So true. I love doing a little activity where I think about the worst case scenario and then I actually like write it down because then it doesn't seem as scary. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But I have to write it down because if I don't write it down, then I just get like stuck in my head and thinking about it and I blow it out of proportion and really like it's nothing at all. Like usually it's like someone might unfollow me. Okay. I can deal with that. They probably shouldn't have been hanging out with me in the first place. (laughs) It's actually a really good thing, right? Unfollowers are actually really great because it means we're just fine tuning our messaging. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I have to do the same. I actually um, free write for 10 minutes every single morning and I want to start doing that so bad. (laughs) I can't, I don't call it journaling. This is the mind block I have. Like, I I don't know why, but if I'm like, I'm going to journal every day for a week, I won't journal one single day. But for some reason, when I started calling it free writing and doing it first thing in the morning where I'm just like really fresh, that journal, whatever you want to call it, is full of fear. (laughs) It's just like all those things in my head, I put on paper and then I close it and then I can continue on with my day. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So, so much. That's a great idea too. If you guys are struggling, mm-hmm. like start, start doing that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So this whole story thing, this is amazing. And I want to talk to you about why we need to be sharing our story. Like what is, what's the purpose? Because I know a lot of people are still like, okay, that's cool. And I know that like, it's going to help me connect to my audience more, but really like, why do I need to be sharing it? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know about anyone else listening, but it's really crowded out there. (laughs) Like there are a lot of people doing something similar to what you're doing. Like Mm -hmm. I probably talked or came in contact with about six people today online who are also branding and business mentors. Like it's not, it's not uncommon. So what makes you different? Like what sets you apart? There is one thing and that is literally your story, who you are. And so when you're thinking about why story is so important, number one, it allows you to connect with your audience. Like we already talked about that. Let's just be clear on that. It's one of the most important pieces. But number two, it allows you to stand out in your industry and for people to be like, ooh, I liked, she talked about that one thing, right? I remember that. It makes you more memorable, which is important because our our attention our squirrel brain, you know, like it's all over the place. So if we see someone and we read a story and it really resonates with us when we see that person again, or we think of something that that person would be a good fit for in our business, we remember that story. 
And so that is one of the key, key pieces to standing out and becoming memorable. And then you also talked a little bit about selling and pricing earlier. And I think one of the areas that people really forget story is when it comes to selling their offers. Because we're really worried about pitching and selling and all of that when really all we should be focused on on story. And for the first time, it's not our story. It's our ideal client story, allowing them to share with us why they need our support. And it's one of the coolest like strategies that I have used and implemented in my own business of just like stepping back and listening to someone and then offering up my offer as a solution to their problem. It's so much easier than just going in and just trying to sell them something out of the gate. So, I mean, seriously, story can be used in every single part of your business from, you know, just having conversations with people to standing out online, to selling, to getting influencer and brand deals, like story plays such an important role in being an online entrepreneur. Oh, I love that so much. So if you're not convinced yet, (laughs) you know, you need to rethink this whole thing. (laughs) Go back and watch from the beginning. Exactly. Like we should be using story every single day. Like that just period. That is what we should do. Okay. So I wanted to take a step back. You mentioned using your ideal client to help you write more stories, but their stories, not your story for selling. How do you go about getting that information from them? Mm, I love that. So I think there are a couple different ways to use story when it comes to selling. Obviously, a good old sales page, which is you have your story, yes, because you need to make that connection. But every single thing that you say on your sales page could should come from your ideal client. And that's where the good old market research that everyone <laughs> loves to hate comes into play. And like, I'm such an advocate for market research. I annoy the crap out of my community, but I also know there are people out there that don't believe in it and that's fine. But you know, I'm going to tell you why it's important (laughs) because if you're (laughs) sitting there struggling with content, if you're sitting there struggling with, you know, what to say to your audience to sell something, then you definitely need to do market research because they will tell you. If you step back and listen to your audience, they will tell you every single thing you need to know when it comes to content creation and messaging. And some of the easiest things to do are just asking them in a survey, using cool polls on Insta stories, stalking the internet. Like I, sometimes I'll just scroll through Facebook. I won't even be actively in a particular group and I'll just see what people are asking. And if I'm like, oh, that's a really good question. I'll see what answers people are giving. You know, there's like a huge podcaster that I follow and in her own group the other day, she said, what podcast episodes do you want to hear from me? And there were like 300 comments. So I just saved that post and now I'm going to create a bunch of podcasts (laughs) that that answer all those questions. I love it. (laughs) I think that's just like the easiest thing. Like everything is right there at your fingertips. You just have to be super aware of it. And so I think asking people, letting them give you more particular, the pain, what they're currently struggling with and the pleasure, and then positioning your offer as the solution, right? The, The kind of connector between the pain and the pleasure. But then when you're on like a sales call too, another amazing place to let people share their story with you. Because again, they want to be heard. They want to be seen and they want to make sure you understand them. So kind of stepping back in a place where we're usually just like, you know, taking the driver's seat. I mean, think about all the sales calls that maybe I know I did in the very beginning of my business, or maybe you've been on where they're just like, oh, and then this, and this will be what you need. And da, 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 da. it's like, calm down. Just like step back, have them tell you their story, have them tell you what they're struggling with and then position your offer again as a solution. So I think it's just like, it's easy. And I hate saying that because I just think that people are like, but it's not easy, but it, it can be if we really allow ourselves to kind of step back and let, let it work in our favor. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like I know for me, especially it was one of those things where I had to just practice shutting my mouth because when I get on sales calls, I get nervous. Even today, I still get a little bit nervous. And so, so this is a trick from when I was a teacher, count to five, count to 10 before you open your mouth. 
Like, I love that. Like leave the space because the other person will fill it. And on a sales call, especially like you said, it's so important to let them feel heard and Mm -hmm. let them understand or know that you understand what they're going through. Like that's the whole point is because they want to be heard. They want to be understood and they want to know that you're going to help them fix it. Absolutely. And I love what you said about like, you'll just keep talking like, cause we, we just don't, we don't like quiet, we don't like no. silence, but sometimes silence is good, you know, especially in a sales call. Cause someone's probably thinking, and I know one of the things that I really had to do is like, once I said my price, I had to learn to shut up. Yes. <laughs> You know, like that was one of the coolest things I ever learned in my business. And I don't even know if I had to pay for that advice, but someone told me, say the price and then say nothing because it's back to the whole head thing. Like we'll just try and fill the space and then probably Mm -hmm. just talk them or ourselves out of whatever we're trying to sell. Exactly. I find that if I keep talking after that, I always undercut myself. Mm. I'm like, well, we could also throw this in or we could do this or like, maybe we could do that. And I'm just like, shut up, Chelsea. Like, quit. Like get off the call and I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> oh my God, I just shot myself in the foot. Totally. Yeah, I've been there so many times. <laughs> and I know you guys have too. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Speaking of shooting ourselves in the foot, let's go talk about burnout. Like, okay. So how do we work, use our story to actually help us prevent ourselves from burning out? Mm, Yeah. So I think one of the key things to starting a business, again, going back to, you know, why did you do this thing in the first place? What led you here? You have to be really aware of that. And one of the things I like to say is you aren't, you know, you don't want to create this business with a goal of creating a life of freedom just to find out that you're not living that life of freedom. (laughs) We've all been there or really close to it. And I think it's just, really reflecting on why did you start this business in the first place and making sure that those things are a top priority. And if you find yourself in a situation where it's starting to feel like that is slipping, then it's time to kind of like get back into alignment. One of the things that I talk about a lot is the idea of seasons. And we really have to be aware of seasons because I think there's this idea in the online space that like we never have to work hard (laughs) or Mm. we either believe we never have to work hard or we only have to work hard to make money, right? But I think there's this like middle ground where we have to understand, you know, if I'm going through a season, being really aware of that, like if you're going through a launch, you're probably going to be a little bit busier and you're going to ask, need to ask for more help. And you're going to have to maybe, you know, put some other things on the back burner and being aware of that. But then also knowing that this isn't permanent. This isn't your story. And so I think there has to be this awareness of those particular seasons and then constantly checking in with yourself. How am I feeling? What's going on? You know, what is sucking the life out of me at this point in time? Because ultimately I really believe that burnout comes from just like not paying attention to Mm -hmm. all the signs. I mean, think about your body. Like our bodies are always telling us before we're about to get sick. Yes every entrepreneur that gets sick, (laughs) you know, like during a launch or something, because they're just like not sleeping. Um, (laughs) You know, like all of those different signs are showing up for you. It's up to you to actually listen to them. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you haven't written your vision statement, you need to go do that because that vision statement, your story should be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that should be one of your guideposts coming back to your story and coming back to your why and remembering, okay, this is why I started this. This is why I want to be doing this particular thing. And if that doesn't feel good anymore, then change it. Like no one says you have to stay doing the same thing forever. Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is like, we're always evolving. Like your personal brand is always changing because you as a human are always changing, which is another reason we have to be really aware of what we're doing in our business that we still enjoy. Like you might've enjoyed that a year ago and you don't anymore. And that's okay. You're evolving. It's a good thing. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. But we have to be super aware of that. And I love that you said the vision statement. I call it the mission statement because of my background in nonprofit. Like I think just carried over but like think of the the best like brands and businesses and nonprofits like they all have this mission statement what is their core belief why do they do what they do and you have to have the same for your business as well otherwise you don't have like a guide you're just kind of all over the place there's nothing like really grounding you exactly exactly yeah yeah I talk about having a vision and a mission and your vision is tied to like your bigger goal and your mission is tied to this particular business 
Love it. Yeah. 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 So, oh, so if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Make sure that you've written those and that you're using them. I love to post them on the wall. So I read them every day. Like you just got to do that. That's one of the things you have to do because especially in entrepreneurship, you can get bogged down in all the details and all of the like little stupid things that we have to do just to run our business. Mm -hmm. And that's not serving us to forget why we're here. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. I mean, like, why did you set out to start this business in the first place? And if what you're doing is not in alignment with that, then you're probably headed in the wrong direction. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about and get your opinion on is keeping little things from your clients. So I, when I was teaching, I had this whole folder that was all like love notes. I called it love notes from my students. And so if they would bring me a card or they would write me a note or whatever, I would put it in here. And I actually found a couple of those the other day while I was digging around and (laughs) I shared one of them on my stories. And if you guys go back and look at it, you can see it. Um, but I had, it was like this little finger puppet and it just like brought back all of the like warm, fuzzy feelings. And oh my gosh, I just, I think it's something that people forget that you should be doing. Um, so one, like, do you think that we should be keeping those? And then two, like, how do we make sure to incorporate those into our business? Oh yeah. So yes, you should keep all of those. I mean, number one, they make you feel good. Number two, they're social proof. (laughs) Like if we're talking strategy here, you should always have social proof with every single thing that you are creating because people want to know that you know what you're talking about. So I always screen grab every cool thing someone says about me <laughs> or like when my, like I had two clients message me today on Facebook messenger. Cause I, my clients, I'm super available to them. And I do that because I know they won't take advantage of me and they don't, which is awesome. Cause boundaries, <laughs> but you know, they were messaging me like, Oh, I just signed some new clients. Da, da, da. And within seconds, I screenshotted that and put it on in my folder on my desktop. So I have those if I ever want to, you know, go in and get a little pick me up, but then I can also use them for social proof. And then the way that I use them in my business is super casual. <laughs> like <laughs> I just did an Insta story today and I was like, look at this cool thing. My client sent me. And then I just shared it. Like, I think it's one of those things that we sometimes can overthink like the most simple thing and it's like, just put it out there. Or like in my group, I'll say, you know, my clients are killing it. Look what so-and-so sent me today. And you know, like people want to see that because they might be on the fence about working with you. And that little piece could be the thing that gets them to book the call. And again, it just goes back to story. You are sharing someone's story. <laughs> like exactly. you are making that deep connection. So I'm a big fan of testimonials. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. This is also why we need to be sharing behind the scenes too, because like, especially when you're a business coach, people can't see what you're doing unless you tell them, like, there's no like physical thing that comes as a result of Mm. all your hard work. Like Mm -hmm. it's just the transformation that happens in your clients. And so like showing the behind the scenes and that you are on calls with clients, I think it's super powerful for them to see like, okay, one, I am working really hard all day, every day. And two, like, it's not just me sitting here on a call with someone. Like there are a whole bunch of other things that I do to help my clients and to support my clients. So yeah, that's why I love Insta stories because it allows you to do that. And you know, if anyone listening is like, I want to get into video, but live video freaks me out. Like start Insta stories because you just do like a 15 second thing and then you're going to become obsessed with it and then you won't want to stop. But like, (laughs) it's such a fun way to show who you are as a person, right? There's so many different ways that you can show story. And I think that's one of the things that we forget about. Like there's the story of how you got to where you are. There's your day-to-day story of who you are as a woman or a mother or a wife. Uh, I love to share the story of how I love traveling. So I love to take my audience on trips every time we go on vacation. You know, there's the story behind your mission. There's the story behind the way you work with your clients. There's the story behind how you run your business. There's so many different ways that you can show up and invite your audience in that you just can get started with one and then it just snowballs and then you don't stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, right there, that is your content for like, you could write one piece every month about like your story and have what five years of content right there. Uh, it's insane. Like the first thing I do with my clients before, 
before we dive into anything is they have to get really clear on their story and just start sharing that. That's it before anything else, because you'll start building those relationships. You'll start building that brand awareness. Then you'll start adding in more streamlined content. And then by the time you have something to pitch, right, these are all my newbies, people trust you already and they're more likely to buy from you. Exactly. Exactly. I love that so much. <laughs> so much. Okay. So let's talk about the people that are feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. Like what are some tips and ways that you personally love to de-stress and kind of combat overwhelm? Yeah. So I think the first thing is the daily check-in the free writing, whatever we want to call it, call it whatever you want guys, but sitting down with a notebook with absolutely no, really no intention. I just start writing and it's actually from the artist way. It's a theory idea around doing it first thing in the morning when we're most creative. So that is number one, because I find that as I, as I write, things start to come to the surface that I might not be aware of, and then I can become aware of them and then I can move through them. So I think that's number one. I think number two, when it comes to overwhelm is to really take a step back. Like I am a recovering perfectionist. which I talk about a Amen. lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a journey. I'm still on it. And I find that sometimes I will get to a place like today's a great example. I will be transparent with your audience. I was like, I feel like my brain is going to explode. Like we have a lot of things happening in my business. And I was like, I, I got to step away. And so I went and got my nails done. <laughs> because yes. I just need to step away. Did it make sense time-wise? Maybe not. But you know what? Like my personal well-being is way more important. So I got to go do that, come back and be super focused. So I step away a lot from my business, even if it's just for five minutes to just go walk outside or take my son around for a walk, because in those moments I get to just like chill the F out. And I find that usually what I've been searching for comes to me because I'm not searching for it. You know what I mean? So exactly. <laughs> you're like major inspired, which is really helpful. And then I think the last thing is wine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I really do like wine. A little bit. <laughs> I like, yeah. Um, my husband is actually editing a podcast I have coming out and he's like, you literally just talked about wine the entire time. And I was like, whatever. But it's more of like the experience. My husband and I will really carve out time to make dinner together, to, you know, try a new recipe, to enjoy a bottle of wine. We like make in an event. And that is when I can really regroup. It's like my form of self-care being with like the ones I love. So anytime I'm like on the brink, I really focus on those three things. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And I, I think it's so important to remember the people around us and how we feed off that energy. And if we do need to have that time, like I am a physical proximity person, like that is super important to me. So me and my husband, we don't even have to talk. We just have to be in the same room mm -hmm. for a while. And that's fine. Like we just, we have to do that every day on days that we don't, I feel like totally disconnected. <laughs> yeah. So my husband and well, my poor husband, <laughs> he's like <laughs> my sounding board. <laughs> like he might lose his mind, but, <laughs> um, but seriously, like I have to, ha I have to have that. But then I also have to remember that I have to be there for him. And so I have to shut off too. And as business owners, like, I think we can all admit it's really hard sometimes, especially when we love what we do. Like I love mm -hmm. what I do. I could talk about what I do with my clients all day, every single day and not be exhausted, but the people around me might get exhausted. So <laughs> I really have to like be aware. I think it all just goes back to that awareness and taking that step back and carving out time to be with the ones that we love and give them, you know, even if it's just sitting on the couch next to them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Um, okay. So what was the best decision that you've ever made in your business? I would say investing in myself. It was, and still is one of the scariest decisions. And I've invested a lot of money, but it's all come back like three, four times <laughs> as far as income. And so I think making that initial investment, which snowballed into all the other investments was one of the best things that I could have done because it just sped up my entire process. Like I would not be where I am today had I not made that first investment, which was only a thousand dollars, but was so scary because I was on maternity leave with zero pay coming in and we were living off credit cards, but I said, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, just continuing to do that. And I think that also led me to realizing that anytime I want 
to do something and I want to focus on it, I could probably find the answer online. But again, I'm going to get it faster if I just get it from someone who's done it before. And so that's just the philosophy I've always lived within my business. And that's been a game changer for me. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And one thing that I used to struggle with is trying to do it all for free and going and looking for those answers. And I spent so much time hunting. And also I found it from a lot of different sources. It wasn't from one source. And then I got overwhelmed by all the different strategies they were using and being able to say, okay, I just want to learn from this one person who does it really well. That has been a game changer for me in my mental trick. Yeah. Like mentally being able to just like step back and not get overwhelmed with all the things. Um, so yeah, I love that. What was the first thing you invested in? It was a group coaching program to teach you how to start your business. (laughs) So I was like, I was like breastfeeding my son one day and realized I wanted to be an online entrepreneur and then saw something on Instagram and it ended up being a girl I went to college with, which was kind of funny. Wow. Forever. So I was like, eh we'll figure it out. And then I switched into one-on-one and I've been doing one-on-one in the form of like a mastermind or one-on-one coaching ever since then. And Absolutely. Again, I, right before I make an investment, I ask myself like, what do I want to, what do I want to learn? What do I want to get really good at in my business and then invest in that? And it also goes into like hiring help too. You know, like my first investment was a Pinterest specialist because I wanted to get into Pinterest, but I was like, I don't want to learn this. So I'm going to hire somebody to take care of that for me. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think like having that intention and knowing like, what is the purpose for this investment? Because yes. I can't tell you the number of times that, cause I'm a chronic course purchaser mm-hmm. and in 2018. I told myself I'm not buying any courses <laughs> and it has, it's been amazing. Like I love it. Like I haven't bought any courses this year and it's fantastic fantastic. Like I just, I gave myself permission to only get the education from people directly from people that I felt like I needed their expertise and I needed that information and it has changed everything. Like every investment I have made has felt exactly right. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think, you know, courses are accessible. We have courses. I I sell a course, but like where you see the biggest results is the one-on-one time, the, you know, the Facebook group, the coaching where you can ask your questions and customize support. That's where you see the most growth. And I love that you kind of put yourself on that hiatus. I'm actually a chronic uh, one-on-one purchaser. (laughs) I'm just like, Ooh, I love this person. I really like what they're doing. How do I work with them? And then I sign up. Yep. Me too. That, I feel like that's probably somewhere in 2019, I'm going to have to like put a stop on all the one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> <But> Too many. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, okay, we're going to pick one person. I love that. Yeah. But I mean, for right now, I love it. And I love learning from people and it really does help having that intention and knowing, okay, from this person, this is what I want to get out of our time together. And from this person, this is what I want to get out of our time because I do need all those different angles in my business because I am trying to up level and go to that next level and figure out some things that I have not been doing before. And I need help. (laughs) You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's on the edge of burnout? I would say step back and check in with yourself, you know, step back and say, why is this happening? You know, build that awareness in my I always use this example and I swear I don't yell at my husband all the time, but I always use the example of, you know, are you getting like a short temper with your husband? Are you kind of snapping at your kids? Like there are signs around you. We have to step back and be like, what are the signs? Pay it, paying attention to them. And then asking ourselves, why do I feel this way? What am I doing in my business that doesn't feel good right now? What do I not want to do anymore? Are there clients that are draining me? And really just taking that time to look inward and reflect and then make the decision that you need to make. I think that's really what's kept me out of burnout through this entire time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And especially like paying attention to those physical things and like your emotions. And when you like have that quick trigger where your emotion is changing really quickly, like those are all super big red flags. Like, Hey, something's not going right here. You are not in alignment in some area of your life and you need to fix it. And your body's telling you that. 
Totally. And like, I know we use the example of like sickness before, but I mean, think of all the entrepreneurs who have suffered from adrenal fatigue or different things like that. Like it's, it's a real epidemic in our industry and it's like our bodies are telling us, your family's probably telling you, you just need to be aware and take a step back and choose to take the action. Exactly. Exactly. And I highly recommend if you are like, I don't know what I, how to do this, go get a therapist. Like they are amazing. And they are so good at helping you figure out what is going on, why this is happening. Because I know for me, like I like to reflect, but I have some blind spots when it comes to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So having that third party there to be like, okay, Chelsea, let's like analyze this some more and have her like drag out some answers from me that I would not like willingly give up myself has been such a huge help. Yeah. I love that. Having an outside perspective is huge. Mm -hmm. And someone who's like not related to me. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> That's my husband telling me I'm like, our poor husband. <laughs> like he's a saint. I swear. Oh man. Okay. So I always end my interviews with a little bit of this or that just to like fun. I don't know. Do it. <laughs> Cause I want to know you better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So early bird or night owl. Night owl. Yeah, me too. Easy. Yeah. Are you still a night owl now that you're a mom? Oh, 100%. My child sleeps till about 8.30 or 9 a.m. All my moms listening are probably like, how? I mean, I'll admit he doesn't have the best bedtime, but I don't want to get up early. So maybe I'm being selfish, but yeah, my son's also a night owl and I just run with it. Yeah. My mom told me I was a night owl even when I was a baby and her doctor was like, just go to bed. She'll go to sleep when she wants to go to sleep. Just put her in her crib. Not accurate. Not for my child anyway. No. Like I've fallen asleep and he's just up, you know, like in bed or whatever. And I'm like, well, I passed out before you last night. I mean, he's like three now, but yeah, my kid will not go to sleep if he does not want to go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, that was me. Like, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't throw, I probably threw a fit. I don't know if I threw a fit, but yeah, my doctor was finally just like, put her to bed. She will fall asleep whenever she wants to fall asleep, but you can go sleep and it's okay. She's in her crib. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'd be really, I'd be different if I was still working a nine to five, but I can sleep in. So I, I just, yeah. 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 Well, my mom is such an, like, she's an early bird. She will get up at like 4am and she wants to go to bed at 8pm. And so like, yeah, that is not me at all. I'm like (laughs) 2am. Four is like my middle of the night. <laughs> like literally, so, so she's in central time zone and I'm in Pacific and sometimes she will be getting up and text me and I'm still awake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed now. I'll talk to you in like 10 hours. <laughs> she's like, what? I'll be done with my day. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Yeah. I, Do you have yeah. a favorite like blend? I like chai tea pretty basic. Yeah. My husband loves chai tea. Starbucks chai tea is my jam. I'm pretty open to any type of tea. I was, I went on a coffee, like, I don't know what you would call it. Addiction probably like right after I got back from maternity leave, suddenly I liked coffee. Like I could never stand the taste of it or the smell of it. And suddenly I was like, I have to have coffee. And I drank it like every day, multiple times a day for like four months. And then I was suddenly like, I hate coffee again. It was the weirdest thing ever. So that's so interesting. That little (laughs) spurt there. I am a big tea drinker. Yeah. Yeah. We have both in my house and yeah, I just, it goes with the mood, whether I'm drinking coffee or tea. (laughs) My husband's a big coffee drinker. So yeah. Yeah. Mine is not. He hates coffee. doesn't really like the smell, but he tolerates it because he loves me. (laughs) They're saints, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we already talked about wine, which is your preference, red or white? It depends on what I'm eating and the season. Yeah. So I was a bartender, another one of Michelle's (laughs) many past stories. (laughs) I was a bartender probably for like five years um, at small places. And then in Chicago, I worked at a really big steakhouse um, in Chicago. So I have training in wine. I'm not going to call myself a sommelier because I am not, but I understand (laughs) wine. So for me, it really depends on the season right now. I'm like getting back into reds. And one of my favorites is a Chianti because my husband and I went to Italy for our honeymoon. And I just really love wine from 
Tuscany. Oh man. When we were in Italy, I wanted to drink some wine so bad, but I had a cold the whole time. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to taste it anyway. Like I'm not going to waste our money on it. Oh my gosh. I drank I so much wine. <laughs> I know. I'm like, ago. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back. That's the whole point. I got to go back. <laughs> you do. Cause it's the best wine and it's yeah. so cheap. Yeah. So Chianti is probably my favorite, but I mean, I can do uh, like a, a rosé, a rosé any day. <laughs> so, so basic. I feel like that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> I think it's like rosé all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it should be any day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Gilmore Girls or Friends? Friends. 100%. Yeah. I have oh, never really? seen Gilmore Girls. What? I know. I'm so sorry. How is that even possible? Can we still be friends? Um, we can. <laughs> because I do like friends too. <laughs> yeah, I think I, my mom, like I grew up watching like Law and Order SVU and like yep. all that stuff. So <laughs> I feel like I never really got into that. I started watching Gossip Girl when I was like, 27 so there's that but I've watched every single episode of friends I have the board game you know like I, my mom has pictures of me crying on the last episode when I was oh like my gosh. 13 she's like documented it I was like a fan yeah yeah no I remember like watching it on tv and the last episode I was just like no but Gilmore Girls like that was like the first show that I felt like I really connected with feel like I have to watch it. I have so many friends. And you know what? Ironically enough, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who like Gilmore Girls. I feel like I see that reference a lot online. Yeah. So maybe I should just do it. I'm so excited. Like, I remember being obsessed with it, like, kind of unhealthily obsessed. Like, I would watch it every day. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought that I was all alone. And then all of a sudden, like, a year in the life came back and everyone was a fan. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, other Gilmore Girls fans. <laughs> I'm not alone in this world. Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, they're both amazing shows. Completely amazing shows. And I love that they focus on the relationships, which, you know, that is my thing. Exactly. All right. City, beach, or mountains? Mountains. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. We, I love the mountains. I would like to live by the mountains. Um, I, I Maybe you can in the future, like probably going to happen for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like my brand too has kind of got that like a mountain feel. So mm -hmm. I just feel really at peace when there's not a lot of people around me, yeah. but I also do, I like the city, but more of like a getaway and it gets my energy up and then I want to leave. And then I want to yes. go away to the mountains. <laughs> yes. That's why I like living where I am. Like I'm in between San Francisco and San Jose. So like I can go to the city, but I feel like I live in a tiny town. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I live in St. Louis, which is not a major city, but my husband oh. and I lived in Chicago for a while. Neither of those things have mountains nearby. So I just need no. to go West. Yes, you do. You do. So I don't think we talked about this, but I grew up in Missouri. What? Yeah. You're another Missouri girl? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Monica and I joke that we grew up by each other. We're at Missouri. Um, Central Missouri. So I grew up in Jeff City and then yeah. um, my husband and I lived in Columbia for a long time. Yeah, I grew up in Columbia, Missouri um, when I was really young. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like grade school or whatever. Um, but I have so many friends that like went to Mizzou and all of that. Yeah. So funny. I love yeah. that. Oh my gosh. I taught at Oakland Middle School. I don't know if you remember that, but that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. I have like a lot of friends who I like went to grade school with that ended up going there for middle school. Yeah. What a small world. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind um, of funny because it's funny that you're from Missouri because like Monica, who does our PR, yep. she's from Missouri and my top like VA is also from Missouri what? And, I was, and we never knew each other before. I mean, I mean, Missouri's not tiny, you guys, no, but big. we call ourselves like the, the trifecta. We're like the Missouri. So come <laughs> hang out with us. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Next time I'm in town, I'll let you know yes, in please. the area. So, um, okay. Dogs or cats? Oh. I have both. Yeah. So, sorry, cat, but I'm going to say dogs. My <laughs> cat's kind of like a dog. I, no, because after this cat dies, I'm not having any more cats. So my preference is dogs. Um, but my cat is kind of like a dog. Like she will chase my dog 
like and like it's so funny like tell her no and like she'll like demand food she's really funny um but <laughs> i would say dogs just because they are they're more fun you could take them outside <laughs> yes oh my gosh we have so many cats in our neighborhood and i'm just like do you belong to anyone <laughs> just like always out on the sidewalk and i don't know where you live <laughs> i know my husband will like i'm like go take where's that cat belong I'm like go take it home like it, it's escaped my husband will go and he, and they'll be like oh no he's an outside cat and I'm like why <laughs> yeah, why do you have a pet that is an outside like all the time wandering in my front yard like why is this a thing uh, yeah that is exactly how I feel and my dog does not understand that they are not usually friendly to dogs mm -mm. and he's like I want to go play I want to go play and I'm like oh they will scratch your face yeah. <laughs> oh man dogs, hands down Yes, I totally agree. All right, yoga pants or dress pants? Yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, like you guys can't see right now, but I found these magical jeans, air quotes, at um, Target and they fit like yoga pants. So it makes me feel like I have my shit together. During oh my gosh. <laughs> what brand are they? They're, I don't know. They're just like the distressed, skinny, maybe like the Massimo brand or something. Oh my gosh. They were like 20 bucks. So I naturally, I bought them in various uh, shades. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's like, you're just wearing, you're basically just wearing yoga pants. I was like, no, these are jeans. <laughs> I got dressed up today. <laughs> I, yeah. I got rid of all of my dress pants the second I left the nonprofit world. My friend yeah. was like, you should probably hang on to those just in case. And I was like, absolutely not. No, <laughs> I went in spoke a couple weeks ago. Um, and I was like, I have to actually dress up. I have no dress clothes anymore. Like what? I don't know what to wear. So I had to go. I went to Target, obviously, obviously. and <laughs> bought some dress clothes. And it took me like three hours to find a pair of pants that I liked. Like why? Yeah. This is why I wear yoga pants every day. Every day. And I believe in the maxi dress, which is basically like yoga pants. <laughs> I'm so, so short though. I have to uh, alter it. Like, and this, I was like, oh, I waited until the last minute. This was a bad idea. But yes, I agree. Maxi dresses are the way to go. Yeah. I just have to alter them. Yeah. That takes time. I do not have that struggle. I'm tall. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish. Oh, they all like, it's like an extra foot on the ground. It's mm. so sad. I know. All right. Last one. Books okay. or the TV slash movie? Oh, TV slash movie. Yeah. <laughs> I do believe in reading books as we already talked about. I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. However, I really love a good TV or movie that I just can escape. Yes. Like my husband and I have our shows. We're big Netflix, Netflix people. Like that's our thing. We sit on the couch and we watch TV. <laughs> yes, we do too. Every weekend. We're like, what are we going to do when we have kids? Like we can't do this all day on a Saturday anymore. I mean, you kind of can. <laughs> my kid's really good at entertaining himself. We like, you definitely have to watch a lot more kids shows, which is kind of yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that. I like kids yeah. shows. Yeah, they're good. I wish my son really appreciated Disney movies. Yes. He's still a little too young to get it. He'll get there. He will get there. I'll make him get there. <laughs> but like, we still watch our TV shows all the time. My son will just like color and we're like, you're doing great over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Binging is like our favorite thing to do. Like yeah. we watched the entire Daredevil. The new one? Yeah. Oh, we haven't started it yet. See, it's that's the other so thing. Good. I will say that like now that our son is like three, we have to be really aware of the violent things that we watch. <laughs> like, so like Luke Cage and yeah. Daredevil, we were like, maybe we wait a little bit. <laughs> and he's <laughs> a night off. You know, or like when he wakes up or like before he wakes up maybe? Yeah, we're watching it at like 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, or like nap time. <laughs> For watching Daredevil before yeah. anyone wakes up in the morning. Like, <laughs> Best thing, right thing, in, or first thing in the morning. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. It was really good, though. Like, whenever you have time. And for all of you listening, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. It's the best Marvel show. It's hands down. really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is coming up for you in the next couple months? So much is happening. But I think the <laughs> biggest, I go all in Q4. Like Q4, it's just like, you, this is it. This is what you've worked the entire year for. So I um, am getting ready to open the doors to my signature group program, Roadmap to Freedom. 
this is the fourth time I have run it and I'm so excited. Those ladies I talked about, those clients that messaged me today, those were Roadmap to Freedom clients, shameless testimonial plug. So um, <laughs> I'm getting ready to open the doors again. The doors are going to open um, November 3rd, but, or November 13th, I'm sorry. And this is a six month group coaching program with high touch contact. So I'm walking you through over six months, the exact same process that I followed to create my business from nothing to multiple six figures with a focus and emphasis on showing up authentically, sharing your story and powerful marketing. And I mean, who would have thought? And it's all about really doing it on your own terms. So I'm giving you all the tools that you need, but I encourage my clients to modify them based on their lives and their story. And that's why I have the, uh, the high touch involvement. So we have a group where you can ask questions and weekly calls. So you get a little taste of that one-on-one -on -one without the really big price tag, as we know from all mm -hmm. of our investing. So I'm getting ready to open the doors for that. But the week before I'm actually hosting my signature challenge, which is all about storytelling. So I would encourage all of you to, if you were really inspired by the story to go ahead and get signed up for that because it's for free. And I'm basically just going to be coaching you through the, my entire process for a solid week. So it's really cool. Oh my gosh. It's going to be amazing. So I will have the links for both of those for you guys in the show notes. So you can at the very least get on the wait list. So you get like, all the goodies as soon as she releases them. Um, yeah, because you guys need to be talking about your story and I probably will be doing the free challenge too. So yeah, girl, join us. It's mm -hmm. so much fun. This is the third time I'm doing it this year and it'll probably be the last time. So it is, I mean, it's a full freaking week. I have a pop-up group. I show up every single day. I, you know, help women with ideal client work, all of that. So it's going to be really oh my cool. Gosh. That is going to be amazing. <laughs> All right. So how can we connect with you after the podcast? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram at brand Mary coaching. It's B R A N D M E R R Y coaching. I have a private community called authentic brand builders, which you can get all of this stuff on my website. All the links are at brandmary.com. And I have a new podcast that I recently started called the free to be podcast. And it is sharing my entrepreneurial journey. I bring on guest experts and you can do that brandmary.com slash podcast. Perfect. And again, I will have all of those links for you guys in the show notes. So easy. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been fantastic. I took like so many notes. Can't even tell you. <laughs> thank you for having me. This is fun. I feel like we could probably keep talking for. Oh, we definitely could. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness, I cannot even believe all of the great information that Michelle shared with us. Thank you so much for being with us, Michelle. I want to give you your permission slip and it ties right in with what Michelle was talking about. All I want you to do today is give yourself permission to share one little bit of your story with your audience. And I want you to remember what Michelle said, make sure you are sharing something that your audience needs to hear something that's going to help them on their journey and make sure that you're remembering to flip that script in your mind so that you remember to share because they need it. Not because you feel like you need to share it, but because they need to hear it. All right, so again, your permission slip is just, I give myself permission to share one bit of my story with my audience. I give myself permission to share one bit of my story with my audience. All right, thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day.